Hello and welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast, a place where we share stories on how love can transform negative emotions and pain into strength. We talk about all things related to love, positivity, and kindness. And I am your host, Corinne Kamara. Welcome to episode 45, From Rejection to Building Intimate Relationships. Dr. Marie is the founder of Love Insight, a mindful dating and relationship coaching practice where she helps people of all ages, genders, and sexual orientations navigate the path to intimate love in a personal growth mindset. After years of being bullied in her childhood, Marie gave up on romantic love and friendships for many years. However, after a deep spiritual journey of finding herself, She made the decision to create and share love from her end no matter what. She went on a mission to shift her pattern of isolation to go make friends and build meaningful, intimate relationships. Dating, including online dating, was a meaningful part of that process. Dating and relationships are often a huge pain point for people because of the fear of rejection and heartbreak. And since she had so much experience with those emotions, she wants to support others on their path of finding love within themselves and towards others, no matter what the external circumstances are. Let's jump into today's episode. Hi, welcome to the Infinite Love Podcast. Today, my guest is Marie. Thanks for being here, Marie. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Marie is a really good friend of mine. And today she's going to share her love lesson. And for those that are listening, a love lesson is essentially something in your life that became the catalyst. It was a pain point. It was a traumatic experience, something that shifted you and made you want to move into a different direction. And it's really the point in which you decided to become the person you are today. So I would love to hear what your love lesson is. Yeah, thank you so much for asking. So my love lesson is kind of a two-part one, you know, that led me to love. So really some of the most painful years of my life were when I was a teenager, like when I was maybe like 10, 11, 12, 13, like around that time, like I had never been someone who had very much street smarts. Like I was an only child. I was kind of awkward. I was younger than my peer group. And So I was always very excluded socially. Like the minute I set the foot into an elementary school, even like I was kind of different. I was more of a nerdy kid. So people really around me like did not um, include me very much. And especially like around puberty, it became super cruel. Like people actually like called me names and, you know, I tried to go out with boys and that was always a disaster. I would get rejected very, very cruelly. And that was so painful to feel like I didn't belong and I couldn't trust people and I couldn't be myself that I, you know, had a very big period in my teenage years of giving up on people. Like I said, okay, you know, I can't fit in. I'm just going to not try. So I secluded myself. I became very much of a loner for many, many years. Um, And that was, you know, the first phase of the gift was like, okay, like I decided to not try to fit in you know, the socially prescribed norms. And uh, that helped me find myself to a deeper level. 
But then what happened after that is once I had done that and became more of who I wanted to be, but still with this, you know, huge like FU to the world, I decided that I did want connection and that I was going to go out and create it without waiting for people to just accept me or choose me or, you know, men to choose me. Like I was going to go and create it from my own hand. So that also gave me the courage and the like, okay, like if, if I can't wait for people to do it from there and I'm going to have to create it. So that was the next lesson of like, oh, I have the power to create love in my life. So that's, you know, a lot of what I help people with in my coaching, like it's romantic love, but it's also just social love in general. Like how do we go out and create the kind of social connections that we really want? Right. Rejection is a big human experience. I feel like there isn't, there isn't anybody that hasn't experienced rejection at some point. And some of us experience it more than others. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really painful topic, I, I find. So how do you really help people navigate that, building that trust again, to really want to go out there and meet a romantic partner or even have friends and go for the job that they want when they feel like every door that they walk through gets shut in their face? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is indeed a very big topic. And most people who come to me as a dating coach, you know, like that's one of the number one obstacles is fear of rejection and the pain of past rejections. And really like the best way to to go about it is to kind of shift the mindset from I'm waiting to be chosen to I am the chooser. I'm coming back to being in the driver's seat of my own love life. And I know it's kind of easy to say and it's very difficult to do in practice because there's going to be those moments where yeah, someone is not going to choose you and you really hope that they would. And part of that experience, you know, like you have to just be okay with feeling. I was listening to Brené Brown (laughs) book yesterday and she talks about vulnerability. And I think that's a great way to frame it is if you think that being vulnerable and feeling those negative emotions is weakness, then you're kind of thinking that feeling is weakness. Mm. And that's a very toxic idea feeling pain is not weakness. It is a very normal part of our human experience and we can find so much compassion within that place. We can find compassion for ourselves and compassion for other people because guess what? Everyone is really afraid of rejection as well. So to let ourselves like feel that reverberation of pain, of rejection, you know, it takes a lot of courage but to also like have compassion for ourselves in those moments and know that okay like we it's not it's not putting a limitation on our own love but to let those human experiences arise and find support of course you know in our friends and in our family and the places in life where we do feel love like whether it's going out in nature having a spiritual connection you know feeling love within ourselves so i also help people create those kinds of support systems outside of dating so that they don't put all of their eggs in one basket, emotionally speaking. You're a relationship coach mm-hmm. and you're, you do, you, but you sound like you do way more than that because really having a relationship is building a good relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Right? Cause mm-hmm. it's not just about like going out there and finding a partner. It's about discovering who you are so you can attract 
the right partner, Mm -hmm. right? Or the right Mm -hmm. person that you want to be with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be able to really talk about dating and relationships without talking about, you know, what's the relationship you have with yourself and with what is the relationship you have with your life? Mm -hmm. You know, because when we talk about dating and relationships, it's part of an ecosystem of connection of relationships. So if you feel a sense of depletion and poverty and, and scarcity in many other realms, you know, even your relationship with yourself, it's going to be a lot harder to create a healthy, you know, rich relationship with somebody else. So I definitely consider it holistic dating and relationship coaching. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, rejection, I feel like online dating as somebody that's the on the online dating space, it feels like a very heavily rejected space. Mm-hmm. So it feels like even more of a scary place to be for a person that doesn't like rejection because you're constantly being judged, especially mm-hmm. just based on how you look. Like there's not, there's not even a lot of content for which people can reject you on. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. so how do you navigate that with your clients? Cause I feel like online, online dating is how you date nowadays. It's like pretty much the main thing. Yes, of course. Um, you know, there's a couple of different things that I would say about it. Like one is diversify your ways of meeting people. Like online dating, I think is really wonderful. It's very crucial. It's how I met my own husband. It's how most of the people in my life who have met partners in the last five to 10 years have met them. So I would not recommend not doing it, but I would also recommend don't just do online dating. Like also practice going to meetup groups, maybe doing speed dating, maybe doing activities where you know you're gonna meet a lot of like-minded people so that you practice connecting also just more organically in the world in different ways where you also feel nourished. And the other um, element is what are you really feeling and how are you um, kind of managing your attention when you're doing online dating? Like, are you just picking up your phone and swiping when you're feeling stressed and nervous in the middle of the day? Or are you creating a kind of sacred space? I, I, I like to help my clients like ritualize online dating and maybe do a little meditation before they sit down and do online dating. Maybe light a couple candles and connect with their intentions of what they want to create, um, what kind of love they want to share, and then maybe give themselves a time frame. like do it for 15, 20 minutes a day, but don't let it take over your life and be very intentional when you're doing it. And also um, the last thing is try to send love to people who are on there because everyone is vulnerable, everyone is there because they want love and everyone is sensitive. And they can feel, you know, you sending them love from your end. And that's a better way to be than like, are they going to choose me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a, those are very good tips. I think those are powerful ways of um, dating because you're putting your good energy out there as opposed to wanting to get energy from others. Like you're putting it, you're giving it out first mm-hmm. as opposed to just waiting for someone to like, be the one to choose you, which is, which is hard. I mean, we also have that story. I mean, we've been all programmed of like choosing this, you know, you're the chosen one. I choose you, you're mine. So it's very, mm-hmm. um, it's hard to break. Right. Right. It's super hard. And yet, you know, like there is so 
there's a, a world beyond that like you know who's choosing who like can we also look at dating as not just this like either it's a success if you're going to you know date this person or it's a failure if you're not but look at the space in between where you can create magic like for example like I have friends to this day from 10 years ago meeting them online and deciding like okay we're not gonna date but we're going to actually build a friendship and we have so that's possible I've had a lot of really great dates where nothing you know like there was not a friendship or a relationship that was going to come out of it but just meeting that person was nourishing and interesting like I generally was curious about them they were curious about me and we gave each other something of value there so I like to look at it also like that like it's not just a failure if you know quote unquote nothing comes out of it just the process <clears throat> itself can be valuable and educational too yeah, I think it depends on what your intention is. If your intention is to grow and to expand your heart and to make connections, then every connection that you meet is something special, even if it doesn't turn out to be a relationship. But then if but you have to also have to manage your expectations, right? Because if it's if you're there to find a husband and then you're going all these crappy dates, then it's like, oh, this isn't mm -hmm. working. Right. So I right, think right. having a more open mindset would probably be beneficial for those that are just looking for a connection in hopes of finding something special. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's true. And that's why I call my practice of coaching like mindful dating coaching. So the mindfulness part is to release some of the expectation for a specific outcome and focus on the journey. Like I'm not saying you shouldn't want the outcome that you want, but to kind of put some of the attention on like the process, the how, like how are you... Um, acting like what are you becoming through that process what are you learning and can you learn things about yourself that actually help you become a better partner once you do find the person that you want to be with yeah and it definitely would be an antidote to constantly feeling rejected if your focus is more on making those connections and meeting people as opposed to like being in a in a party and waiting for someone to choose you because mm -hmm. i always feel like it's like a prom where you're in the back and no one wants to dance with you <laughs> and you're feeling like I don't have anybody you know as opposed mm -hmm. to having the courage to asking someone to, to dance which mm -hmm. a bit of courage and self-esteem and all those self-worth and having all those that confidence to be able to put yourself forth and believe that you're worthy of that so there's a lot of internal work it sounds like huh Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, that's why it's dating and relationships are so fascinating because it's all about the internal work. Like there's an endless supply of it. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I don't know what else there is though. Like everyone is in a relationship with somebody. Like, I mean, even if you're not in a romantic relationship, you have parents, you have siblings, you have family members. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to be human without some level of relationship somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the capacity to be vulnerable and to be real with someone, yeah, if you develop it in one area of your life, it's obviously going to affect all the others. Like I had a client tell me this morning that the work we've been doing together has not only helped him with dating and now he's getting on better dates and, you know, he's maybe, you know, like becoming steady with someone, but he says he just had a business meeting that went really, really well. And he didn't feel the same awkwardness and shyness as he normally would. And he credited the dating coaching for that. So yeah. 
And sometimes it's the other way around. Like I'll talk to someone about like, hey, what's going on in your work relationships? And, you know, to make some shifts in that area, family relationships, work relationship, friendships can also affect the dating. So it's very, yeah, it's an ecosystem. Yeah, I really feel like how you do one thing is how you do all things. Like your yeah. relationship with yourself, your relationship with your peers, like that it matters. Like I don't think it's I think it's impossible to have one loving relationship and then have them all be crappy. It's like if you mm -hmm. do one, it transcends to the other because ultimately you feel better. Like yeah. you feel better being in a relationship that's calmer, that's nicer, that's sweeter, that's more peaceful. Like you your internal world feels better and I think most people want to feel good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's so true. Yeah. And a little bit um, of a side note about courage and vulnerability. Like we all want to date and be in connection with people who are courageous, who are vulnerable, but it's so hard to do it for ourselves. Like we all have this idea that our vulnerability is, is to be ashamed of, or it's not good, but to kind of break that mold and say like, no, I'm going to be vulnerable. It instantly makes us more attractive. Yeah, it does. And I also feel like it also gives the other person permission to be vulnerable mm -hmm. because they're, they're seeing that reflected to them. So then it gives them that ease to be like, oh, you're being vulnerable. Mm -hmm. I could be vulnerable too. But I have to say, I think there's two different, there's a difference between vulnerable and oversharing because mm -hmm. I find mm -hmm. that people want to share their wounds and like bond on their wounds. Like, oh, this happened to me. And the other person's like, well, this happened to me. And then they're kind of bonding like on their mm -hmm. wounds and trauma, which mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know if that's considered vulnerable. So I just wanted to throw that out there because I feel like some people say vulnerable mm -hmm. and they'll be like, well, this happened to me. And they're like, oh, this happened to me. And then, mm -hmm. so I would love for you to like talk a little bit more about what you mean when you say being vulnerable. Right, right. That's such a good point. Yeah, vulnerable. Sorry, vulnerability is not about just disclosing information about your past. Like it's about being very present with a person and being able to be present to your own feelings and be real with them. Mm -hmm. It's able to see, um, you know, to say to someone like, hey, you know, like, I really like spending time with you. Like, do you want to go on a date? that can yeah. be very vulnerable to be able to even sometimes say no to say like, you know, I enjoyed our time, but I don't want to go on another date with, with you. And yeah. both of those things can be equally scary to say yes, when you mean yes, to say no, when you mean no, and to be true to yourself. Um, yeah, and communicating that truth. I think that's the part that's the most vulnerable is like you feel a certain way and then telling the other person because most people don't share how they feel and they just either ghost or they just don't communicate and you're always the other person's always left wondering like what happened mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah. communication is key and it's one of these things that i feel like as we get older it becomes more and more of a requirement <laughs> mm -hmm. that's true we don't just like jump into physical intimacy and that's the whole relationship like we also want more emotionally intimate relationships yeah. and yeah. that happens with communication mm -hmm. even with friends like that's just mm -hmm. not it's interesting how your ideas of dating and relationships change as you get older because when you're mm -hmm. younger you're like oh, okay we can have physical stuff it's fun yay we're having a good time but now it's like I, in like my 40s i'm like that doesn't sound interesting at all mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> i think i'd rather have a beautiful conversation with someone that's just so much more rewarding yeah, yeah.
I mean, hopefully we can have both. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> you know, I mean, both would be ideal, but like if I had to choose, mm -hmm. like I would rather have a, a really great, like a really great conversation with someone that's like, oh my mm -hmm. God, that really touched me. Like I feel like, wow. Like, mm -hmm. you know, but I feel like I have that with friends, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like at least I feel really blessed because there's so many people that don't have really good relationships with friends and they don't mm -hmm. have those kinds of conversations, really. So it's kind of a special mm -hmm. thing to be able to have vulnerability with the people around you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's great. I think it's a good thing that our standards get higher as we grow older. <laughs> I don't know. It's a good thing, but yeah, much higher. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's so interesting though. So what in this dating world that you're in with your clients, like how do you also deal with the physical stuff? Cause people just don't feel beautiful or they don't feel like, you know, I feel like the beauty's a part of it being attractive, like having the mm -hmm. right photos, like how to, how to navigate that world because there's only so much you can do about your physical appearance. Mm -hmm. Side surgery, and sometimes that's not going to change mm. much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one thing that I ask pretty much all my clients to do is to write a list of what they feel like they bring to a relationship. What are the qualities? What do they have to give so that they don't just focus on the physical beauty, but they also look at themselves as, you know, a package, like an amalgam of qualities and gifts that they have to offer. And oftentimes when I work with someone, um, I can notice that, oh, they left out so many qualities from their list because they tend to value only certain things about themselves and not the rest. Mm -hmm. So that's really important to look at ourselves, not as just like visual objects of, you know, beauty and attraction, mm -hmm. which is a very patriarchal way to look at ourselves too, but it's also not necessarily like the reality of things. Like, of course, we all look at physical beauty, but the way that someone makes us feel is really the core of attraction. Like that's ultimately why we feel so drawn to someone because they make us feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. So to also focus on, you know, our ability to make someone feel good. And in reality, it does very much overcompensate for any sense of like not being like a model kind of beauty. Mm -hmm. And then, there's also the self-love aspect, which, you know, like is about treating your own body in a very, very precious way, because of course we all wish we were different, you know, with people with curly hair, wish they were straight and people with straight hair, wish they were curly. Like there's always um, things we don't like. And, and yet sometimes we forget to just say thank you to our own bodies and, you know, treat it with love and respect. Like, you know, putting lotion on ourselves, like being really um, diligent with having good diet, good exercise. And when we really do those physical in like actions to love our body, then the image becomes a little bit less of a, it can become less obsessive or, you know, like it, it can, you can change a little bit, like which, what kind of weight you put on it. Literally. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing that's part of the physical appearance too. people feeling mm -hmm. a certain type of way with their body weight. Yeah. Um, so I'd love to hear more about your um, journey dating because I know we're friends. So I know a little bit about because mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I've always admired how you've been able to just like date 
like just mm -hmm. go out there go on dates and just have a lot of fun and i'm always like so serious about it mm -hmm. so i'd love to hear how you bring lightness and fun into um dating and that whole world yeah i love dating <laughs> <laughs> i mean to me dating has always been this thing that allows me to really get to know humanity in a deeper way than I would if I just, you know, would meet people through work and through friends of friends and et cetera, et cetera. Like it's a way to get a window into somebody else's world. So well, I'm a psychologist, like I love, I love learning about people. So I think that dating is one of the best ways we can learn about people. And I also think it's one of the best ways we can learn about ourselves. Like I'm also like always observing my own thoughts, feelings and behaviors and dating just brings up so much stuff <laughs> that nothing else really brings. Like all of those fears of like, oh, is this person going to like me? Like are they going to text? Or, you know, like, do I like them? How do I feel about that person and why? Like what are the mechanisms? What's the conditioning? that goes behind like me liking someone or being attracted to someone or not. Like I'm constantly observing myself in that context and learning a lot and, and looking at what are the patterns that I wanna let go of versus what are the patterns or the habits that I wanna create and cultivate more. So it's just this very amazing terrain for growth and understanding. If you can, put your mindset around the growth as, mm -hmm. or every painful opportunity as growth and looking at that from that perspective, I think is really helpful, especially when it's bringing up stuff within you that can be seen as opportunities to heal, mm -hmm. right? Like I've, you know, whenever I go on dates and things come up and it's like almost not about the person I'm dating, but it's like, oh, this pain point has been here way before this guy came into my life, yeah. but now it's up again. So this is an opportunity for me to heal it or at least deal with it in a different way or see a different perspective so that I could just heal it and attract a different type of person or, mm -hmm. you know, just heal in general. So it's really, it is fascinating if you're able to take that position mm -hmm. as opposed mm -hmm. to being the victim, like, Oh, all men are terrible or all women are crazy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why the mindset is so important. Yeah. The mindset. And also I like the mindset and I also like the just, every opportunity to meet someone new, like a new friend, a new coworker. Yeah, I had a few, mm -hmm. a new, I met a few friends from, from dating that mm -hmm. it was really fun. I was like, oh my God, this isn't gonna work romantically, but you could be a cool friend. And it was mm -hmm. really nice until he had a girl, until he met a girlfriend and mm -hmm. she was like, yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> no friends. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, you know, some people can't handle that. You know, it's not, normal for everyone to have opposite sex as friends unless mm -hmm. they went to school together or something that mm -hmm. but a lot of people get weird about it yeah yeah mm. that's one thing that i like about my current relationship with my husband like we each have friends you know of all the genders mm -hmm. and it's totally okay like we don't feel jealous of that we're encouraging of that because i mean really in my view like it's so important to have so many different kinds of people in our life as support system, as ways to express and enliven different parts of who we are. So if we start shutting that out, 
for our partner and say like, oh, you can't have female friends or you can have male friends, then we're shutting them out from a big source of exploration, of support. And we ultimately, you know, become more of that, you know, like only person that they can possibly rely on for more things. And that can create so much expectation and ultimately create pain and disappointment. You know, I'm 100% on that. I agree. I just, I think it's also um, too much to have all the weight on one person. And I agree with you. Like, it's important to have a slew of friends. Like, if your partner doesn't want to go hiking with you, hey, I have a bunch of friends that do. I don't have to rely on you. If you don't want to go, I could, you know, make plans with somebody else. And also, I just think it's important to have that freedom. I think the for me, the biggest issue is like having somebody tell me I can't do something. <laughs> That's my, I'm just like, what do you mean? I can't do that. That's just not, this is not how I roll. But, um, yeah. and then that's all I think about. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't have friends, but I really want friends now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm so rebellious. I'm like, got to now that's all I want. Um, but it is a concern for people. But I think for dating and relationships, it's, it's always going to come back to that rejection piece and learning mm-hmm. how to come to pe- how to be at peace with the idea that I'm going to get rejected, but I can still move forward anyway. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, that brings us back to my story of like, okay, like I was really rejected and it hurt like hell. Like, I'm not going to say it didn't like as a teenager, these were the worst years of my life because of rejection. I'm so glad I'm not there anymore but it taught me to be resilient it taught me to be self-reliant and it taught me that the world is big it actually like pushed me to move out of my hometown and go travel and find more people like find my tribe mm-hmm. out in the world rather than keeping my world really small like it pushed me to make my world bigger mm-hmm. so you know like there are silver linings sometimes it's like okay it's a cliche but when a door closes another one opens Like if we can have some faith that there's truth in that, like rejection can push us towards what we really want to do or, you know, push us towards better horizons. I know it's hard, but it can actually help us along the way. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, I don't know if I would be where I am. I would definitely wouldn't live in, I wouldn't be in California if I wasn't pushed to that extreme of wanting something different from where I was at in New York. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's just kind of like the way it goes, especially with rejection. I mean, like I always think about actors because actors get rejected more than they get accepted, Mm -hmm. but they still Mm -hmm. want to be an actor, right? They still go to auditions. They still go to auditions. And I've always Mm -hmm. remembered thinking, God, that must be so hard being rejected. Like you expect rejection, but you still, go on auditions and you still try and you can pursue your goal and your craft and then eventually you get a part and then eventually you become so good that parts come to you and that's always I guess that's the goal right to be so Mm -hmm. well known and worked so hard that now you have people coming to you and Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily know if it works in dating but perhaps you know perhaps eventually people start chasing you down for dates Maybe. I mean, imagine if you had the kind of internal solidity and security Mm -hmm. and confidence that, hey, like rejection doesn't really like wear you down anymore. Like that kind of confidence, like not a cocky confidence, but really like just a confidence that comes from knowing like, hey, I'm worthy. Right. I'm worthy of love. And I don't, I'm, I'm not out there like begging for crumbs. I'm actually 
out there giving my love to others, then of course people are going to flock to you because people want to be around people who have that kind of confidence. Mm -hmm. And that have that much to offer and to give, right? Because yeah. if you're, if you're, if you have that much level of confidence, you also have a lot of love and energy to like give to others and you're not seeking these crumbs from other people because you feel so deprived. Yeah, exactly. And you don't settle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's a yeah. lot of plus sides to <laughs> filling up your own cup with your own love and appreciation and then moving from that place of fullness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, nice. Let's get into some of the infinite love questions. Cool. That's exciting. So the first one is obvious because you're a relationship love coach, but how do you use love in your work? Mm, yeah, I mean, of course, my entire work is about love. <laughs> so I do talk about the power of love all the time. But I also embody it, like in my sessions with people, like the loving relationships that I form with my clients can become an inspiration and a point of safety and a template for, you know, them going out and creating really positive connections with other people. So I use love as part of my work, you know, yeah. to just really love who they are and give them an embodied experience of that. And then to, you know, look at how do you, with your unique gifts, create love in your life. Nice. How is your work used to serve humanity? Ooh, that's a big one. <laughs> well, I like to think that we're in a very big period of transitions um around romantic love especially in terms of humanity and coming from you know our grandparents um generation where love was more of a transactional thing like men needed to be with women women needed to be with men there was an economic imbalance so there had to be a very big transactional component and now that women are financially independent we want love from a place of freedom and we want to you know just have more of a spiritual connection we want an emotional connection we want to have relationships that make our souls evolve so it's a very confusing space to be in in our evolution as a species and my work is about facilitating that kind of transition and moving towards more like evolutionary relationships rather than transactional relationships which i think is a big part of our evolution okay that's nice i mean i agree i think it's the whole gender roles are totally shifted too. like everyone's mm -hmm. it's not the same as even when our parents were raising us it's a lot more fluid on who's doing what in the household that whole world is completely different i feel and it's great it's great mm -hmm. to not have these specific roles anymore right right we have more freedom therefore more responsibility and more choices and you know it's it's not easy to have yeah, but I also much think freedom why it's also harder to date if you're somebody looking for a traditional thing because mm -hmm. like, uh, we are in this transitional phase yeah exactly like you're allowed to want everything or anything so it takes yeah. so much Especially awareness yes <laughs> i think it'd be different if we lived somewhere like more traditional but in the bay area it's so wild and open and there's so much variations of what relationships look like here mm -hmm. that it's a very uh, different place to date than I would say like Minneapolis or mm -hmm. Atlanta or something. Yeah. 
Totally. What does it mean to you to be a positive force of goodness in this world? Mm-hmm. So to be a positive force of goodness to me means that I connect with the positive forces of goodness in other people. So with my clients, you know, I feel like my job is to connect with their self-confidence, their goodness, their desire to love and reinforce that part, which oftentimes gets buried behind the negative voices and the negative self-talk and the, you know, toxic social messaging. So I do that with anyone I meet. I try to just connect with their love, with their vulnerability, with their sense of like, yes, I can give love. And it's like my fire can stoke their fire and vice versa, like to all kind of stoke our positive fires together. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. What do you love most about your life? Oh, so many things. Um, I mean, really my friendships and my work, like I just think that my work is very much integrated in the rest of my life. Like I get to be with people and grow as a result. Like when I sit down with a client, um, it's not just me being the teacher and sharing my wisdom, you know, it's very much also like them sharing their pain, their obstacles, their conflicts, and me being able to be with them in a space of empathy like that makes me a bigger person that makes me just like it stretches me mm-hmm. it stretches my ability to be vulnerable with them and to you know being able to be with them in that pain so i love that my work is helping me grow and helping them grow like it feels like such a win-win yeah how do you feel you receive love oh, so many ways um I think that I receive a lot from giving love. Like it feels almost like the same tube. <laughs> so when I give love to someone, I feel like I also kind of receive love back immediately, even if it's not like directly from them. Um, it feels like I receive love a lot from nature, like just being outside every day, like feeling the planet wanting to nourish me with sun <laughs> and food. Like it feels like the planet just loves us, you know, in so many ways. And I just want to perceive that there's love in the fact that I have a glass of water right now and I have food in my fridge and there's apples on the tree at this time of year. Like it's amazing. So I perceive love just, you know, in the air. By living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When do you feel the most love? Um, really when I'm in connection with someone and we can both drop our ego and drop our stories, drop our expectation and just be curious about one another and just be together. Okay. Like I was just, um, in Canada a couple of months ago, uh, my mom passed away and that was one of the most amazing experiences of love that I had because we knew that time was limited. So we just had to drop everything except for our love. Mm -hmm. That's what we did. So that was, you know, some experience of pure love because there was nothing else to hold on to. There was no stories. There was just like the now. Yeah. If only we can have those relationships with everyone all the time. 
that's my goal. That's what I took from that experience. I'm like, well, now I crave this kind of intimacy. You know, I'm like, can I create it with everyone in my life? Like, I miss it. Yeah, it's a two-way street, though. Two-way street, that whole type of intimacy. You can hold it, I think. And eventually a, a friend or somebody that trusts you would reciprocate. But I think that's also going part back to that wanting, like, rejection. Like, the rejection story, having to push the boundary to push it so that life starts to give it to you and i think this probably would be something similar where you would have mm -hmm. to like get there and then people will follow you or mm -hmm. your friends will be like oh actually i feel yeah. like i feel like vulnerability is a lot of it it's permission mm -hmm. like most people just don't feel they have permission to be vulnerable right so if somebody is vulnerable first most people are like oh actually this is going on you know, when you ask somebody a real question, because everyone's like, oh, how's your day? Good. But if you say something like actually an actual question that's more leading, mm -hmm. like, how, like, how'd you feel about that? Or like, what's going on? Like something that's more intense. People are like, oh, and they actually sometimes they actually share what's happening. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, I so agree. Like the quality of our questions and then the quality of our listening mm -hmm. can really just transform the quality of an interaction. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's it's a uh, it's a work in progress for mm -hmm. sure. Like yeah. having those real conversations. Cause I always feel like dating everyone's has a mask. Mm -hmm. Everyone has their mask, and then you're talking to each other from this mask's place, and then you develop this relationship. But it's, is it really real? Because mm -hmm. neither of you were real. So then when when somebody gets tired of holding up that mask, then you you look at the other person like, who are you? <laughs> I don't know who you are. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, hopefully you like what's behind the mask, but uh, hopefully. you never know. <laughs> but if you don't, it's like, ooh, mm -hmm. I like the wrong person. I like the made-up person. Like you know, yeah. it's, put that back. I know. Okay, can you exactly? <laughs> <laughs> so I, that's why it's like such a. It's really hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my last question is, where has love created a miracle in your life? So many places. I mean, really, like my story that I talked about in the beginning was one of the main places like where I was able to go from just being very isolated, very rejected, very lonely, very like F you to the world to actually want to create love from my end and creating what I now describe as a big garden of friendships that I have in my life, which is really one of the best things that ever happened to me. Um, and it happened with meeting the man who's now my husband, like I was dating a lot and I was enjoying it, like you said, going on a ton of dates. And at some point, something in me shifted and said, like, I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper with somebody. And I actually want to be in love. And so then I met him and I was able to create that deeper relationship than I ever had before. So that was another huge miracle that I didn't really trust was going to happen, but it did. Mm -hmm. And then with my mom, like really like what I talked about, like is just that level of intimacy of being able to shift from having a lifelong relationship that was not super close. Like we never had that kind of intimacy before. Like we always had a lot of competition, a lot of comparison, a lot of friction. And then when end of life was near, we both chose love. We both chose to just drop the bullshit and just love each other. And that was so beautiful. And it's like inspiring me to this day. 
Yeah, and that's wonderful that that's the lasting memory that you have of your mom. Yeah, yeah, I feel so lucky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm glad that you were able to go visit with her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too, me too. It gives me so much hope, like, in the universe, you know, being not broken and being benevolent, and it gives me a lot of hope for human relationships that, mm -hmm. okay, like, when two people decide to just love each other, they really can, <laughs> even, even though there was so much conflict in the past, you know, like we have the ability to drop it. We do. It just takes some courage and it also takes some action. And you have to make the decision to do so. I think that's the big thing, like choosing yeah. to do it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like death is one of those places. It's like, there's nothing else. What are you going to do? There's nothing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the end of the road. And it's a mm -hmm. really, it's really good place to be like, okay. Yeah. But we want to get there before we die. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So how can people reach you, find you? What's your information? How to work with you? Do you do groups one-on-one? -on -one? Tell us the details. Yeah. So right now I work um, only one-on-one -on -one with people and I really much love it. Uh, I meet people where they're at, you know, there's not a cookie cutter kind of program, but we really look at, you know, your whole life and how do love relationships, dating fit into that and how to make it a better part of your life with more success. So I do 30 minute free exploratory sessions with any one of your listeners who's interested in doing it. And my website is loveinsight-dating.com. And you can also find me on Instagram um, at love underscore insight underscore dating or on Facebook under my name or love insight dating. Awesome. Thank you so much for Marie for being on the show. We, I so appreciate you sharing your story about love and rejection. I think it's such an important thing that people need to learn how to cope with because we all deal with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was such a rich conversation about all my favorite topics. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm sending you so much love. Likewise. Thank you, Corinne. You're welcome. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe and tune in on Tuesdays for new episodes. For more information about me, please follow me on Instagram at Corinne J. Camara and my website, CorinneCamara.com. Sending you lots of infinite love.